Welcome, citizens, to the 10th episode of Liberty Vigilance. Being introverted podcasters, we don't get much in the way of feedback, so if you enjoy our show and would like to hear more actual play content like this, please leave a review on iTunes or Podchaser, or comment on our subreddit slash r Liberty Endures. It would go a long way in letting us know that you are enjoying our actual play content and uh, that you'd like to see more of it. This episode is sponsored by our dear friends Alba Salix, Royal Physician. In addition to creating hilariously wonderful fantasy audio drama comedies about snake baldness, dragon-sized leeches, and taverns with infamously bad food, at least by human standards, they also create The End of Time and Other Bothers, a new fantasy actual play about flightless fairies, half-demons, cafeteria workers, and call centers. I mean, dystopian empires. A link will be provided in the show notes, or you can just look up Alba Salix, that's A-L-B-A-S-A-L-I-X, however you listen to podcasts. Well, it's time for us to get started, so thank you again for listening, and remember, Atreus endures. Liberty. Vigilance. Episode 10. A Test of Faith. The team gets a full night of rest. It's an entirely uneventful ten hours of sleep and relaxation, complete with showers. With the extra time, Flick and Senior Officer Thracius Wyatt move and loot the bodies of the dead soldiers and break into lockers. They find a few extra meal, some fragmentation grenades, one large area high power grenade and a single Iolus grenade these are time dilation grenades <laughs> holy shit what no Iolus huh it's from the Iolus wars they're grenades uh, the, the Hydra wars it's an advanced technology designed to disintegrate all matter within a specific radius they're difficult to use and even the most experienced demolition personnel get very nervous around them <laughs> So, somebody take this who has really good roles. The feature I like the most is that shadows of all organic matter will typically mar the walls and floors of the room. That is really neat. I approve of that imagery. Well, if someone with good roles is taking it, that should probably be Sylvanus. (laughs) Decorate my apartment. I can hear it now. Hey, guys, want a party? Well, this looks like an accident waiting to happen. I'm going to put it in my pocket. (laughs) You do that. I never like grenades. Make me nervous. Especially that weird one. (laughs) Anyway, listen, every time I make a plan, we almost die. So what should we do, everybody? Huh. All right, good. I'm glad that we have a plan now. (laughs) Well, wasn't the plan to, uh infiltratize this cult with your fantastic impressions of us fringe folk? Yar. Well, as good as my impressions are, that's an easy thing to say, but I feel like it'll be more difficult to do in practice. <laughs> well, if they're rel- religious zealots, if we just appeal to their belief system... It's that cult mentality of automatic acceptance. I guess the only problem with that is that none of us know anything about being in a cult, right? That'd be weird. And, uh, who's this Dr. Morales guy? He's the one we killed. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm not good with names. <laughs> Wait, what about this test? 
Do we know anything about this test? You should have asked Investigator Quinn while he was here. Oh, thank you for that after the fact. <laughs> he only asked a dozen times if you had any questions for him. I assumed that you knew what you were doing. I'm just hoping they'll make Horatius cut off a toe or something. That's what I'm waiting for. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll get us right in. Why? <laughs> I just said that's what you hoped wouldn't happen. And <laughs> What are we doing? So... We killed the guy, so we can't ask him any questions. The other guy left, so we can't ask him any questions. All we know is we're supposed to walk up to a bunch of religious fanatics and cultists and try to continue to be around them. Well, if I've learned anything in the time I've spent out here on the fringe, it's that I'm pretty good about hanging around weirdos, I guess. So it's worth a shot. Well, we can't plan for it. We've never even been near the building. Would I, uh, would I know anything about it with my fringe knowledge? That would require a successful knowledge, the fringe check. Okay, then maybe I will. Flick doesn't know anything about this particular topic because it pertains to the southeastern fringe specifically. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's the southeast. I'm more of a regular east guy. Quinn did give us some names. Is there anything we know about these people that might help us? I mean, we were investigating Hadrian. He mentioned a Yale. Do we know anything about him? Investigator Sylvanus Clairehout takes a moment to realize that Director Yale is the same Director Yale who heads the Department of Research and Development and who acts as a personal advisor to the Archon. Oh, so he's pretty, uh, he's pretty high up there in terms of stuff. Science-y type stuff, right? Yes? Yes. Dang. Or, uh, or a uh, drat. <laughs> That's too bad. That is unfortunate. That's really all. I wasn't going to add anything else to that thought. I was just ruminating <laughs> on how, uh, what, what deep shit we're in. So why don't we approach the building, stay far enough away to see if we can get a plan about how to enter, whether or not it is infiltration or actually going in after having a conversation with some guards and saying we're crazy nut jobs like they are, and just go from there. That's a good idea. Scouting. Yes. Scouting's military. I could do scouting. Let's scout the building. There we go. Wyatt nods. Okay, let's leave. I'm just going to take, like, several more large breaths of fresh air before we leave. <laughs> it's like filtered air. This is wonderful. The elevator reaches the ground level, the doors open, and the team returned to the grunge of the fringe. The tower is visible over the shorter buildings nearby, standing out as one of the tallest structures in the southeastern fringe. It's still at least a dozen blocks away. All right, well, I guess we better start heading close to the tower, but not so close that we'll be seen. Maybe in one of those buildings, like if there's an abandoned one or something, we could take a look, see what's going on. The team walks toward the tower. As they turn slightly, beginning a new stretch of road, they spot an unconscious woman lying naked in the middle of the road. Sprawled out from her grasp appears to be a spilled satchel, flush with meal. Hmm. Flick may attempt a knowledge, the fringe, check. Yeah. That's a little better. Flick uh, puts his hand on Sylvanus's chest to get him to stop advancing. Sylvanus stops. Very attentively. Ah, uh, we should probably find another way around. Why? What's the... Mo oh, it's a trap, right? She's, like, attractive, and she's got food, and she's just sitting there. It's probably, like, people. That's, that's what's going on? That's kind of the gist of it, yeah. Okay. This is, uh, this is a pretty common bait job here in the Fringe. 
She's probably got a bomb on her. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that part. I figured they'd just jump out and kill us. It's, it's a thing we do. <laughs> it's a thing that happens here. It's, it's not really my style, but it's a trend these days. It's popular. You know I, how it is. Uh, sure. You, you don't know how it is. That's why I'm talking to you. Let's go somewhere else. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> you, Thanks for the warning. <laughs> you, Flick earns an inspiration point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you lead and we'll follow, I guess. Hey, this way. Given their knowledge and general distrust of the fringe, they decide to take another path. After half an hour down the new road, they approach a roadblock a few blocks from the tower. A team of clean-looking soldiers in tattered, stained garb guard the checkpoint. A small child with a curly brown mop of hair runs up to the soldiers, passing one of them a cup of water, before running back toward the tower at the sight of the team's approach. The soldiers are a confusing lot. The leader appears to be an Atrian Civil Defense Force officer, armor and all, but as the team gets closer, they can see other soldiers present in CDF garb, sporting fringer face and neck tattoos, as well as poor, unatrian posture. We're still several blocks from the tower, so these probably aren't the cultists. Not sure they could be. Azad notices a nearby wall, and then several walls, each painted with a symbol. All right, roll. D20 plus four. Nope, this is why I don't get the grenades, guys. After some thought, she recalls seeing the symbol in the handwritten book. All right, can I look in my book? It is the symbol of the children of Melikor. All right, Sylvanas. Yeah, that's them. This is the crazy people place. Our dear, dear friends, the children. Mm Mm-hmm. So they already have roadblocks out this far, and they already claimed territory out this far away from their building. They've also sp- they've also spotted us, so, uh, you know, retreating may or may not go well, depending on exactly what happens there. Oh, yeah, wonderful, right? So just remember, guys, act crazy. You don't like... <laughs> she struggles through this sentence. You don't like the Archon? <laughs> <laughs> um... And, yeah. Well, I'll see if I can pretend not to like the icon. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Try I see my it hardest. as being very difficult for you. <laughs> very difficult. Look, I know it's going to be tough flick, but we've all got to just batten down and really just do this. <laughs> oh, boy. So, do we have a cover story? Are we saying that we're from a specific group, perhaps? or? Oh, we're from a specific group. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> so, what's the plan on that? With the blood skulls. Well, uh, that's true. That has been the that's been the thing so far. I'll let you speak then. Fair enough. <laughs> As I'm walking up to them, can I tell if the guy in the middle, the last fringer-looking guy, has a mark? That would require a successful investigation check. Wow. I know nothing about him. <laughs> the lead soldier waves at the team. Clarehart can tell he was a citizen enlisted in the Civil Defense Force, but he is now listed as deceased. As a result, Clarehout is unable to access his file without investing more time. Can I peek my head around Sylvanas and try and recognize him with the facial recognition software I have? Nope, so bad at this, man. I hate rolling dice. Fake dice. Azad uses her scanner to attempt to obtain additional information, finding the soldier's name within the file. It sure is a name. 
Opel Watts. I bet his friends call him Opie. All right, so, I mean, that's not really important information, um, so I'm not going to relay that yet or at all. He might end up dead, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> State your business. We've been hearing a lot of rumors that this is the place where people come when they want to fuck up the Archon with their bare hands. Is that true? <laughs> Who sent you? Sylvanas. <laughs> Tell him Dr. Morales sent us. Getting a voice in my head. <laughs> Dr. Morales told us to come speak with you. Dr. Morales? Oh, okay. Are you initiated? Not yet, but we hope to be. Excellent. Let me lead Just you to... Just to sweeten the deal, can I hold up his ID and say, he told us to show you this if you had any doubts. <laughs> no, no <laughs> doubts from me. Come on, we'll get you to agree. He'll help you. Wonderful. Yeah, just follow me. Lead on. They follow Officer Watts, passing through litter-covered blocks, as Azad notes their near proximity to the entrance of the tower. A mere two blocks away stands the massive front door, stretching multiple stories high, and left an untarnished silver gleam. Perception roll. Hey, I can oh, see things. Nice. With a closer look, Claire Hout and Azad see a number of calm fringers and citizens entering and exiting the tower. With strained vision, they believe they can spy some incarnation of the children of Melakor mark on every person. Uh. The symbol is also present on various buildings and objects within view, sometimes painted, other times welded into place. Glancing through the massive doors in a moment of luck, they spot a large open lobby, modified as a checkpoint, where people appear to check their weapons before entry. Can you, like, I know it's going to take you a while, but can you draw a map? Um, let's see. Insanely massive scale. I'll have to open a new window. Or assuming we're going to try and find a way to not have them take our weapons away, because I'm not, I don't want to go into a building full of crazy people without the ability to shoot them. So, assuming we're going to go into the tower at some point... Can you at least share the map with me? Building a group <laughs> folder so all of us can see it and not just me. Now, if I could only remember how many sides it has... Yes, 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 yes I can do this. I can do this. Oh, there's a grid feature. <laughs> okay, how did I ever live without finding this? I'm not going to suck. I'm not going to suck. I'm... Yes, I did it. I drew a perfect hexagon. Look at it. Look. Oh, look. Nice work. Ah, the fabled cartography skills of Sylvanas Clairhout. Shut it. No, no, I, it's, it's, it's really I'm great. It's... Ignore you. <laughs> Step number one. Slightly funny up on one side. Curved-ish. There's a doorway, it's a pretty big doorway, and the area has... Oh, I should make them pink. Yeah, that way you can see everyone. Oh, 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 no, 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 that's that's way too many of them. <laughs> They're dropping like flies. <laughs> I mean, uh, bacteria. And I can only delete them one at a time. So it has about, uh, uh, six guards at the front. Yeah, there we are, there we are, six guards. That's what I can see from here, which is over in a building over here, here, nearby, which I'm pinging over and over again so you all can see. We're in the closest building to it. There's a road that goes from one end to the other, and there's a highway juncture overhead. 
That's about all I can see from here. The highway's pretty high up there, maybe 40 feet off the ground. No entry points nearby. The only entry point seems to be the entrance, after all. With a final glance inside, they can determine it is well defended. The lobby flanked with large mounted guns on the walls and ceiling. The team is led within the building closest to the tower. Inside, they proceed down a hall into a cramped single room covered in scribbles and carved graffiti. The Melacor symbol is repeated over and over again within the patterns, but other illegible words and symbols are present as well, written in an unrecognizable language, if it's a language at all. A hooded figure sits chained to a chair on the far side of the room, and a lone fringer standing behind him turns to face the group. Officer Watts does not enter the room, opting to stand behind the group. The fringer turns, approaching in jerking steps and mumbled hisses. His brown hair, poorly cut through various protruding lengths, ends in sporadic blue bunches. It does nothing to obscure the various neck and arm tattoos scrawled across his skin. His tattoos, in black, blue, and red, hold none of the symbols painted onto the walls, a faint indication of his life before finding Melacor. Hail to true founders! Goliano returns. Who are you? Hail, are you Gree? Yes, that is me. Dr. Morales sent us. We're hoping to be initiated. Delightful. <laughs> so, how did you come to hear a calling of Melikor? Well, we heard this was we heard this was the place to do some damage to Atreus, and that uh, frankly excites us all quite a bit. <clears throat> so you're not citizens. Yet no morales? Yeah, well, you know. Uh we just kind of saw him hanging around one time. <laughs> and uh, the guy introduced himself as Morales, so I guess that's, uh, you know, the the was it a guy or a girl? Male. At least before you blew his legs off. The guy introduced himself as Morales, so I just figured that's what I'd call him. <laughs> oh kind of God. a funny name, but, uh, you know. You just kind of roll with it out here. That will require a successful deception check. <laughs> All right, get ready for my sweet deception score. Please tell me you have inspiration if needed. I uh, think that I do. I think I do. McBride has inspiration. Ooh, I'm going to use it. <laughs> I'm using an inspiration. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, that was my inspiration roll. The smile leaves his face. So if I had ah, a test for you to prove your faith, you'd be most interested? He folds his hands. We're very excited about being initiated, yes. No test is required to notice that his smile is particularly sinister. <laughs> Perfect. He approaches the hooded figure. <laughs> he violently rips away the hood, revealing a battered and bruised Atrian citizen. Wearing black lipstick, an indicator of an Atrian veteran of battle. Here I have with me a traitor. A very simple test. 
I just want you to kill him. The citizen's face curls into a disgusted scowl around his gag. Simply, kill this one. That is all I ask. This one is still quite loyal to False Archon. Why have you let him live so far? I was trying to pull information from him and failed. Most unfortunate. He could not be turned. Could not join us. Would not join us. Me and my friends have picked up a reputation for being quite persuasive. Perhaps if we had some time alone with him, we could get the information you're looking for. No. I simply want him dead at this point. Will that be a problem? Certainly not. I have a question. So, one of my flaws is that I value my objectives over life, but it also says I value loyalty. That's for you to decide, right? Okay, so I might need to, like, roll a dice and be, like, high or low. Because if she thinks it's more of an objective for her to kill this guy and save the Archon, then she might just, like, think that's the most logical thing to do. I, uh, I, I have an alternate suggestion. Yes, speak. (laughs) Flick takes out his gun and shoots him in the head. Flick needs to now roll a weapons care check to ensure that the shot fires without incident. Weapons care. (laughs) Huh, okay. Uh... Discovering now that Flick doesn't care about his weapons too much. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, you passed. That's nice. Would have been fairly cinematic if the gun just went nope when you pulled the trigger or exploded in your face. <laughs> Flick shoots the prisoner in the head without blinking. <laughs> ah, shit! Some test. May all the enemies of Malachor meet the same fate. Gree, the tester, appears to be visually conflicted. Flick may now roll a persuasion check. Okay, cool. Still question our loyalty? Gree smiles. You know, I wasn't sure about you. (laughs) Everyone has different strengths. Some of us are simply not gifted with speech. (laughs) That is something we can work around. Put you to use doing something else. I would like to introduce you to, of course, Melikor... And great teachings, for we are family now. Do you know of Melikor already? That was me deciding whether or not she was okay with it. She's okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) Horatius is notably silent as all this is going on. Uh, You know, probably doesn't want to screw anything else up. For the Archon. It's for the Archon. It's for the Archon. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Just mumbling that. (laughs) I said spork the Archon. Do you know of Melikor already? Only bits and pieces. We'd love to know more about both him and the Awakening, if possible. Certainly. This will come over time, of course. For now, I can only speak of basic things. Creed will speak to you of more. She is very talented. She will find your talents and help you find them and help you help us. So, Melikor was original one who sparked great revolution. Some call it Year Zero. 
how this all began. He stood up to false Archon and was killed for it. His death started. Schism split. Great war started. Great revolution. Like him, we wish to bring great changes around us. To all Atreus. That is why we call ourselves children of Melekor. I am excited for you. Because you do not yet have this knowledge. You get to learn it all fresh for first time. So much to learn. I only wish that I could experience this again. This virginity of mine, if you would. I'm getting all shivery just thinking about it. <laughs> yes. So I, like you, speak with Creed. She's on 40 floor. Gulian returns. And she says it in, like, the weirdest way because she doesn't know how to say it. And it's not saying, like, anything about the Archon. It's not like, made the Archon watch over you. And it sounds really weird, but normal, I guess. He will soon, and he does already. On your way to Creed, maybe meet with Dr. Reichmann. Three floor. He can answer more questions and is less busy. Also, leave your weapons at checkpoint on one floor. One where we are, not one above it. One above. When you walk in, leave weapons and they return to you when ready is time. May all purged in great awakening, brothers. Green motions for the team to depart. And I do. As do I. Yep. Yeah. More guards have accumulated in the entrance prior to Flick's swift action, but now they are dispersing. You did really well. You can head to the entrance now if you'd like. I need to return to my post. May all be purged. Yeah. Thank you. Officer Watts escorts the team out, then returns to his post, leaving the team to their own acts. In view are various cultists bringing water, meal, meat, or chem smokes to various checkpoints and buildings nearby. The team takes a few paces beyond the building and out of view to brainstorm. All right, can we, like, talk to each other? Because I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to give up my guns. Or my gun and my sword. Yeah, I don't really feel like giving up my club either. It's served me pretty well so far. Maybe they'll just think it's a weird piece of wood I'm carrying around. Use it as a cane. Hey, that's a good idea. Um, except if anybody asks, Sylvanas, I'm going to let you explain about the cane for me, because I just tried explaining myself five minutes ago. Did not go well. <laughs> just going to admit that here and then move on. Well, if no one's watching us, couldn't we just, like, in a normal way, walk around the building and look for an alternative entry point? How do you normally walk around a building? <laughs> We're strolling. We're strolling around the building. So, uh, we're probably going to want to do something. To conceal our weapons. I mean, most of our weapons are concealed by their nature. The goodnight kiss was made to be concealed, and your gun is pretty small, Flick. It almost looks more like a knife than a gun, too, so you can probably just get away with it, since most fringers don't seem to consider knives weapons. Okay. Um... Also, we have grenades. Yeah, I'm not getting through a metal detector anytime soon. <laughs> Actually, most Fringers wouldn't really get through a metal detector. They wear so much junk on them. Well, that's a fair point. Yeah. And if you talk to the right people, they might think you are junk. 
And he points to his tattooed arm that looks like a robot arm. (laughs) (laughs) I do also have inspiration. I'm wondering what the chances are of us being able to walk in there and say that Gree told us we did not have to give up our weapons. Uh Hmm. That could get us in a lot of trouble. I always think violently. Can we walk over to a building and, like, put a timed grenade on it and then walk away and then blow it up in, like, a few minutes and then the guards would maybe rush out to go and find out what it was and then at that point we can go in? I think maybe... As an aside, that's my favorite strategy in the latest Gears of Metal game. (laughs) You put a C4 down on one end of the base, go all the way down to where you want to go and then blow it up. Everyone runs over there and you're like, go wherever I want. (laughs) So I'm totally in favor of this strategy, just FYI. Uh, I I think maybe, since we just got invited, we might not want to stir up too much trouble right now. Yeah, well, what if they open our heads and stir up our brains? Valid points. You know, for our trouble. Because, I don't know, maybe they decide they hate us. Um, what right, was the do... name of the group we're claiming to be again? We're the Blood Skulls. We're joining the children of Melkor, Melchior, Melkor, Melkor. And, yep, those are the two things that are true about us. Are we the Blood Skulls or the Skull Crushers? What is wrong with my head? I cannot remember. <laughs> we are the Blood Skulls. Uh, blood skulls. Uh, thank you. We are the Blood Skulls. <laughs> yep. Knew it all along. Oh, I think so. Okay, we, well, if... We bloody the Skulls. If we can do this, I'd suggest it. If we each give them one weapon at the checkpoint, they'll think that's all of them. So do we have enough weapons that we can each hide a weapon and give them everything else? Yes, but here's the problem. Both of my weapons are large, and I probably cannot hide them. One of them is a shotgun, and the other is a large club with spikes on it. Okay, does anyone have a pistol for Horatius? (laughs) And we can trade that in for his club. Like, someone brings in his club, he brings his rifle, or whatever... Look, I'll give him my shotgun, and I'll try the cane thing, and if not, then then if stuff gets dicey, I'll just beat him to death with my big hands. That's my plan. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. So our plan is really just to walk in the front door? Let's give it a shot. Oh, God. I mean, uh, <laughs> other things that aren't deities. <laughs> okay, Start uh, limping, Horatius. <laughs> Yeah. It's a cane, it's a cane, it's a cane. <laughs> okay, I'm going to limp toward the entrance now with my old lucky pick-ended cane. Maybe if I pick up a piece of trash on the way with the pick. Fridgers are pretty into recycling, right? <laughs> okay, I'm going in for real now. Approaching the tower's entrance, the team is approached by a nearby cultist from a checkpoint. He's a younger Fringer, aged by short gray hair and sporting an intricate tattoo of a bleeding skull being eaten by a set of monstrous jaws. Hmm. Knowledge. Fringe, I think it's plus four. This is an obscure small-time gang. Yeah, but I'm going to roll for it anyway, so get ready to have a name if I get this right. I'll do it too. <laughs> nope, you don't need a name. <laughs> They're too insignificant for Flick to have heard of them. Okay, yeah. Dang. Stupid hole-in-the-wall gangs. So, guns, weapons, pass them up. Hey, all right. Here's my shotgun. <sighs> he takes the gun. Just gonna lean on my lucky cane. My quote-unquote cane. <laughs> Thanks. Sweet. 
Horatius limps forward on his cane. He looks at Clairhout. I have GNK, utility knife, shock baton, and the shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I love that weapon. <laughs> I'm going to hold out my uh, shock baton that I pulled off of Cassius. Here you go. What's this? Something I pulled off a dead soldier. It shoots rifle bullets? Just kind of zaps. Hmm. Does it kill? I don't think so, but I haven't beaten anyone to death with it yet to try. Ah, it's cool. She steps up and she, like, really hesitantly takes out the skillet and, like, slowly moves it towards him. Like, very slowly. Sup with you. She does a cocaine sniff. (laughs) He checks his odd to see if she's hiding anything and points at her sword. You can't bring that in. It's just too long. You can keep knives, just not that. She hands over the sword very slowly. <laughs> How did he see the sword with a two? But he. <laughs> swords are. Swords are pretty big. But she's wearing like a huge cape. All right, fine. Take my effing sword. <laughs> and she gives him the sword and walks off in a huff. Focusing on the sword, he fails to notice her concealed pistol. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Here. Thanks. Uh, Flick holds up his cooking knife. Ah, all I got is this. You want it? Eh, it's small. Keep it. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So what gang, you guys? Ah, blood skulls. (laughs) No shit. We're the bloody skull chewers. (laughs) He extends a hand to either fist bump or shake. It's unclear. (laughs) Uh, I... I go for the bump. The bump connects. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, you guys are cool. You guys are... This this club is bumpin' bumpin'. <laughs> it's your first time here, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, we're more of a northern gang. We haven't heard of you guys. Yeah, I never heard of you guys. It's weird. We gotta, like, fight for the name or something if we wasn't becoming enlightened and shit. <laughs> Hi, so you're in the chickens. And, uh, no. Right, so some basics. Big areas got all the defenses and stuff. Those stairs lead up, and they're really where everything is. Those stairs, you don't take down. Down is forbidden, especially to fresh flesh like yourselves. Those guards and stuff, if they catch you down there, you get in trouble. Aight. Some floors are off limits. 12, 15, uh, 34, mm. 34, 2. Mm, that's, uh, yeah, oh, and the roof. Roof's off limits. Very off limits. Uh, Everything else is cool. Just not those spots. Uh, That's, uh, 42 is the roof. Okay, so not the top, not the bottom. In between's good. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is cool. Yeah. And the stuff that's off limits, the 12th, 15 and stuff, you'll see. They got signs. It's got a symbol. A little person. He produces a data pad and draws a sad little stick figure. Like this. <laughs> you don't go. Got it? Got it. Little person, don't go. <laughs> Got it. Leaving the bustling checkpoint behind them, they enter the complex within the tower. It looks massive from within. The entry vaults five stories to the ceiling, massive pillars engraved with unfamiliar imagery flanking the sides, and grandiose, immaculate doors unlike anything the team has seen before. 
The expanse contains chairs arranged in circular patterns, tables with various goods being distributed, holographic displays being used for either planning or education, and perhaps a hundred individuals making use of the aforementioned effects. So um, what's the deal now? So you want to go to the third floor, right? Ask the guy the business. And then we got to meet someone on the 40th floor. Right? The 30th? 40. 40. 40. 40. Okay. If, if Dr. Reichman first. If we're following procedure. Well, uh, what do we do now? Are we following procedure or are we breaking the rules, breaking <laughs> the law, breaking the Melikor law? You know, we... Well, uh, what? This is recon, right? We don't want to... We should probably play along for now. Good Do we point. still have the grenades? Yes, and remind me not to sit down. Yes. <laughs> and remember, so, you walk with a limp. Oh, it comes and goes. An old war wound. Not war. Don't say war. Battle. Fight. The old battle fight. <laughs> so, floor three. The team approaches a massive ascending staircase at the side of the room. I hate stairs. <laughs> I think that's the Blood Skull's official weakness. Like, if we ever get shirts made or something, it'd just say Blood Skulls. And on the back, it'd say, Fuck Staircases. <laughs> Azad scans the structure and notes that the lift has been converted to a public restroom. So you're telling me the basement is filled with poo? Uh, they probably sealed it. Probably. We could go check it out. Not gonna happen. After ascending five stories, the team reaches the second floor. A single double door is propped open before them, and a sign hanging above it depicts various trade goods. Ah. A cursory glance while passing the open door reveals a two-stories-tall room reaching out before them. Okay. We got some, uh, we got some shops over here. Well, I do love shopping, but uh, as tempting as, uh, he kind of, like, peers over at him. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe now isn't the best time. Guess we should probably keep our wits about us. Shopping leads to talking, leads to me almost getting us killed. Don't we have, like, 500 meal on us? Yes, and remind me not to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Could we go and, like, do the, the symbols on the walls, does it say what type of market goods are available? Be it guns or weapons or explosives or something? Stopping to look through the door, Azad doesn't see the distribution of firearms, but rather meat, meal, water... Clothing, toilet cloth, children's toys, and simple everyday resources. That's not fun at all. Okay. Not going shopping. <laughs> the team continues up the abnormally wide stairwell. <sighs> yeah, I'm uh, starting to feel the burn. Any of you guys uh, feeling it yet? Oh, oh, I'm really regretting skipping leg day for the last two years. The third Ooh. floor's door holds a sign depicting a stick figure staring at a data pad. What does that mean, Flick? Uh, well, um, um. (laughs) All right, good, Flick, thanks. Uh, it means, uh, it's like, it's like books and shit. I don't know. (laughs) Like people, I think, I think the gist is that people learn shit there. But I'm not much of a learner, so I don't know. Would it be where they keep possible documents because we're looking we're looking for the dossier so oh yeah a fringer bumps past the team to enter the learning center lending to the idea that it's open to the general populace why don't you take a look around while we talk to this dr reichman 
Are you telling me to go away from the sane people and go amongst the crazy people? Not too far away, just... <laughs> You're going up perhaps like 37 flights of stairs. This is floor three, right? Yeah, this is floor three. Yeah, this, this is, is where, where Dr. Reichman should be at. Let's go in. Wait, which one's Dr. Reichman again? We were told to speak with Dr. Reichman on our way up to oh, answer questions and stuff. Okay. To get more info. Well, I'm glad we're out of the whole investigative part because we seem to be paying less and less attention to things people are telling us. <laughs> All right, so should we, do we, what questions do we have formulated? Well, uh... Because everything I think about asking them is quite offensive to their beliefs. Yeah, I sure don't have any. How about we just appeal to his craziness and let him talk? Yeah. Works for me. Yeah, yeah, good plan. Good plan. Someone with high bluff go in the front. <laughs> Books and shit, here we go. All right, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> Azad estimates the third floor is divided into numerous smaller rooms. In the first room, in addition to individuals reading data pads in various recliners and chairs, is a man dressed in the garb of an Atrian medical doctor. And I need you to find these titles for me when you get a chance, okay? It shouldn't be too difficult. Whatever you say, Doc. Uh, I'll take care of them. Just start organizing without me. Okay. You Dr. Reichman? Uh, yes, and you are? New initiates. We, uh, were told to speak with you on our way up to see Creed. Hail to the true founders. Hail to the true founders. You undoubtedly have questions. My purpose here is to educate, answer questions, and find answers to questions we do not yet know. How may I assist you? Well, like I said, we're pretty new. Uh, I'm assuming these true founders you speak of, that's, uh... Gulian. Thorn, Tarot, and, of course, Melikor. The original ones who came from the stars. They were the true founders of our planet, Atreus, along with the False Archon, whom we now know to be the Great Deceiver. That bitch. <laughs> yes, that bitch, indeed. <laughs> she still attempts to split and divide us, withholds information, and fabricates lies. She would do all of this just to stay in power. What was her first deception? The first was truly horrific. She, acting under a different name, led our ancestors through this desolate planet and forced them into servitude, uh, to work without pay, uh, without compensation. Slavery. She enslaved our ancestors and the original founders. That is why Melikor died. How did he die? He and the others were executed for not bowing to her wishes, for not following blindly like the rest of her minions. You see, she rewrote history in her favor and made it almost impossible to find the few true records that survived the centuries. Tragedy. She was so successful because behind every lie was a partial truth. We do come from the stars above, but we were not escaping humanity. We've been separated from it. There are more of our brothers and sisters out there, fellow humans. Right now, this very moment, they are searching for us, waiting for us. They are not the source of the vile disease greed as the false archon wishes us to believe. We know, because we have spoken to the spirit of Shejokaius Gulian. That's ridiculously great. I can't believe that there's... That's... Wow, how, how'd you do that? 
he speaks to all who visit him in the below. You see, he was discovered by, well, Dr. Basuto, who reported this and introduced the spirit to Director Yale. They agreed that the best course of action was to speak to the Finter leaders nearby and share their vision for a unified colony. That is how we came to be the children of Melikor. Jejokarius Gulian is very wise, you see, and his words were capable of ending century-old grudges in a matter of hours. Well, he sounds like it if he's figured out how to uh, uh, come back as a spirit. Never really heard of that happening before. He is not truly dead. I use this phrase because it is one that you might comprehend best. His body still lives, and that is part of the Great Awakening. His body will awaken. There is also the matter of destroying the false Archon and her followers from within, and raining fire upon their city with a dragon spirit, but let's not overwhelm you all on your first day, hmm? Wow. What's a dragon? <laughs> it is a great beast of mythic lore. It breathes fire and flies in the skies above. I've had the distinct pleasure of working with a few very creative talesmen, but even they have had difficulty comprehending the concepts of which I speak. So suffice to say, in your Fringer dialect, it stays in the sky without falling and walks on the wind. What? How? Do you understand the words I selected? I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't get what you're saying. It's advanced technology. Suffice to say, we'll awaken the spirit, kill the Archon, and return to our brothers and sisters in the night sky. That is the simple version of what the awakening is in bite-sized concepts, pun intended. And you're saying this dragon spirit and the body of Gulian is here? Yes, and great things will happen soon. That's very impressive. Sounds like we picked the right side. Yeah, no kidding. Yes, but we're on a busy schedule, so for now you shall speak with Creed. She will have an assignment for you to assist in the awakening. This is key because every able body within the children of Melikor has a role, and we must help you find yours. Everyone has a talent. Perhaps yours will be retrieving something, or making sure that no one attacks us while we are making final preparations. You must also be added to the list. Well, that adds to eight. So, uh, so final preparations, huh? We almost done? Yes, soon enough. You will learn of this more in the coming nights. Simply be loyal and know that you shall be safe. Oh, I like safe. If you wish to learn more, we have plenty of digital books on medicine, healing, cooking, and uh, hygiene. We have many educational sources, even one on simply learning how to read, which I'm sure some of you might be curious about. That would be very useful. We have so many resources here at the Learning Center, which you can return to soon. Up above, on floors 4 through 11, that's the numbers above this one, we have lodging. Beds. You can sleep and relax there at any bed that is unclaimed. Certain floors that you are not allowed to visit are designated as such with this symbol. Dr. Reichman produces the same sad stick figure symbol on his data pad. 
do not explore those floors unless you are specifically asked to do so. Go to floor 40 and speak with Creed. Do you need anything else answered? Well, it's a lot to think about. Uh, cramming a big, big old knowledge into my tiny brain, so I think uh, maybe later. What a, what a, what questions do other people ask you normally? <laughs> normally, they're more religious, and I need to explain in greater detail how it all works on a spiritual level. You seem more concerned with materialistic or worldly affairs. As such, I've crafted my speech around your interests. So this dragon is like a person who floats in air? In a way, it's like many people being floated in the air. But it's like fleshy and stuff. With flesh of metal. Wait a minute, you're telling me this dragon is made of metal? Yes, it is a metal dragon with arms that flap rapidly to keep it aloft. Wings. But if dragons are alive and I'm alive and I'm not made of metal, how is the dragon made of metal? It's alive in a sense. It's a construct, which is a concept that would take more time than I currently have to explain. Be assured, though, the dragon is very much capable of destroying Atreus. How can metal be in the air? (laughs) (laughs) It is possible because we have former Atrian scientists working on it. It's a sort of magic. Just accept that it's beyond your comprehension for the time being. But metal's heavy. Like, if you throw... If you throw a pipe in the air, it comes back down. Check this little guy out. Dr. Reichman produces a small magnet and a metallic tool from his pocket. He demonstrates, using the magnet to pick up the tool and suspend it off his hand. Neat, huh? All right, she's seen a magnet That's before. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> the world is not always as simple as we would like to believe. Just trust in my words and in the words of our leaders, and we will not only impress you, but educate you and help you to understand greater and greater concepts. But there isn't a giant wrench in the sky. It works on different mechanics. I don't have time to explain such things to you at this very moment. But you're you're a teacher. Anyway, my friend. I am, but proper education is built on grounding principles which you still have yet to master. Maybe we should move on for right now. (laughs) I'm sure that our new friend would be thrilled to talk all about how cans fly or whatever later. Do you mean it's like meal? It's like metal on the outside and then squishy in the middle? There is no squishy part. It's entirely metal with other similar components. It's not edible, if that's what you're getting at. Also, all your meal will be provided for you on the second floor in the distribution center. It'll be given to you for free. Is that a word you know? Free? You don't have to trade, you'll just receive. It'll be given to you in the market area. All of the water you will need, all of the meal you will need, all of the clothing you will need will be provided there. You do not need to fight for resources while you are here, so please don't. It is frowned upon, and killing anyone inside of this tower is grounds for immediate expulsion. Well, that's pretty different from how we usually do it, but okay. (laughs) If you need anything, simply visit the second floor, the market. They will take care of your physical needs. Here on this floor, you will learn things. 
One of my assistants will take care of your informational needs after you've been assigned work. At the moment, you do not need to learn more. You need simply to be aware of the greater picture, which you are. At some point, you will most likely be sent to acquire things for us because your talents are likely geared toward acquisition or protection, if I had to guess. If you were more scientific, we would likely send you off to repair things, but that would probably just bore you, and we want you to succeed. Do you have any other macro... uh, Overall questions before you meet with Creed. Not my thing that I do. I was going to say area of expertise, but that's probably a bit much. <sighs> no, I think we're good. We're well. We're good. We're fine. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, yeah. Excellent. May all be purged in the Great Awakening. May all be purged. Dr. Reichman motions for the team to depart. Uh, yep, sounds sounds great. Gracious begins to depart. The team reaches the staircase. Fucking psycho. Did you want to investigate any of the resources, Diana? Um. Or should we move on? How long would I have to spend? Like, I could, if it's an entire room filled with books, like, I could take forever to look at everything. Azad notes hundreds, if not thousands, of data pads in the first room alone. It would take me, like, forever to go through these all. Like, it would be better for us to just go. I mean, especially if it's just, like, medicines and stuff. Like, I know that stuff. What confuses me is the whole, like, I'm like, now that she's not around him, he's like, okay, so they have a flying mechanical contraption. Yeah. Would we and know anything about that in lore? Lore? What are you talking about? We don't even have, we don't, we don't have those here. We don't fly. That would require a successful knowledge history check history i can i say i can do that but just because i'm good at it like in my page doesn't mean <laughs> i won't roll really poorly oh wait i did pretty good <laughs> oh nice sorry sylvanas <laughs> azad remembers reading about giant machines of the past that worked in a manner similar to trains yet were capable of flight these machines were only present on atreus during its formative years and all such machines have been destroyed All right, so I'm going to relay this information. And then I'm going to say, I mean, if it has the correct propulsion in the same way that a bullet does, I mean, a bullet has the propulsion for when it's initially fired, but if the thing itself generates its own propulsion, it can stay in the air for a consistent amount of time without plummeting. But it would need some kind of, I don't know. I make food for a living, so it's kind of outside my area of expertise. Well, what (laughs) you're saying is maybe metal can fly. I mean, think about a bullet. A bullet flies because you shoot it out. It has propulsion. It has the energy to stay in the air until it makes contact with something. Or, I mean, eventually a bullet will stop flying and fall to the ground, but that'll take quite a while. Um, I actually don't think there's anywhere in Atreus you can shoot a bullet and not have it hit a wall before it decides to fall to the ground by itself. Sure, but it seemed like when she was talking about this dragon, he was saying that it's more or less going to stay up forever. It's got like, what did he say? It's going to flap something? That's weird. Wings. It said it had wings. What the hell are wings? I mean, wings exist on other things. (laughs) I mean, there's wings on certain types of... We use wings on... Not wings in in this capacity. I mean, much smaller wings just to break up airflow around the fronts of trains. Um... Oh, so it's aerodynamic lift. It would, they would be used like lift. All right. So, yes. I mean, it will, have, it will have to have an energy source. Nothing can work without energy. If it's a, if a beast, like he said, then it would consume some sort of food. 
um, or utilize fuel or... I'm glad you're figuring all this out, but uh, I still am really... But it's dangerous. <laughs> well, it appears that if we act dumb, as we have been doing, we'll be stuck with some form of guard duty, most likely away from this location. We should probably change our tactic for this next interaction. So I could actually, like, talk to people? So, uh, yeah. So get Diane to talk. Diana. Diana. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm not used to hearing your Atrian name. I'm yeah, but you're really plan. used to saying, uh, so I think you can get it right. Assuming if their plan is to launch some form of beast or weapon into the air, the best location for that would be the roof. Which makes and sense this, as to why they said we couldn't be there. This body, this spirit of Gulion they keep mentioning, usually would be buried. I'm assuming that would be the lower levels. Okay, uh, who among us is kind of sneaky? Maybe, maybe you could like you know sneak on up there <laughs> I'm and sneaky. see if there's a weird dragon with wings that flies and is metal. I am not stealthy at all. Could either sneak or attempt to align our interests such that we get assigned to those locations. I'm a little better at the brute force option. Neither of those sounds appealing to me personally. <laughs> I would prefer if we just found the dossier and blew this whole place to hell, which doesn't exist in this world. So blew this whole place to... Smithereens! The fringe. Smithereens! We <laughs> 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 blew this whole place to smithereens. Um, so let's just find this dossier and get out of here. We don't, we don't need... We don't need to be part of this crazy cult. We just need to get the information and get out. Wyatt smiles. I'm not particularly stealthy, at least in these shoes. I'm a demolition specialist. I would be happy to assist you. Blowing something up, are we? It would bring me great joy to blow these people up. So what's the plan? Get the dossier? Sounds like we're also being loaded into the dossier at this point. Did I hear that correctly? You mentioned we're being added to some list. I'm assuming that's a list of initiates? Possibly. We need to determine if it's the full list. I'm assuming we need to talk to Creed in order to make that happen. Should we uh, rest first, anywhere between 4 and 11 on our way up? This seems urgent. If they're as near to this awakening as the scientist thinks they are. The comfort of my calves, we'll just have to wait then. <laughs> so many flights of stairs. I guess we should get started. The team continues up the stairs. Liberty Vigilance was created and produced by Travis Vengroff, with editing and writing assistance from K.A. Stats. Executive producer, Dan Gill. Starring Peter Lewis, Sean Francis, Caitlin Stats, Daniel Thorson, and Ashley Birch, with narration by Wayne June. Guest voices include Russell Gold, Joseph Teagle, Christian Ferris, and featuring Eric Nelson. The music was created by Ryan McQuinn and Stephen Malin. Vigilance was mixed and mastered by Brandon Strader with cover art by Dan Stanek. The original game master was Travis Vengroff with assistance by K.A. Stats. This episode was brought to you by Alba Salix, Royal Physician, the creators of The End of Time and Other Bothers. We would especially like to thank our Patreon team, specifically citizens Dan Gill, Zach Israel, Fallon Gannon, Adam Farber, Scott Morrison, Saryuko, Maria Berglund, Matthew Shaluga, and Jonathan Wade for bringing this episode to life. This broadcast is a creation of Fool and Scholar Productions. Thank you for listening, and may the Archon watch over you.